All right. Well, God's good. God knows what he's doing. We are in... um, we are in a shift. Remember I said that to you a couple months back, that we are in a shift? It's not the same kind of a shift um, that we actually experience people leaving and people coming, although that might be the case. I'm not leaving, just so you know, I'm not leaving. But anyway, um, uh, we are in a shift. And this week has probably been uh, more real to me, the shift that we're in, than it has been before. And as you can tell, I've been in, in warfare. And so uh, I, I am healed, though. I am healed, and it's quickly leaving in Jesus' name. So I've been doing warfare against the demonic influences that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, especially God's body here in this city, in this area. And so, and I, you know, I don't pay much attention to what's going on with other churches other than what I hear. But um, I do know that some of the churches that were looked like they were going somewhere, our pastor is not there anymore. And so uh, it's really important to pray for the pastor. Really important to pray. You know, it's really important. If you see something you don't like that I'm doing, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Because <clears throat> I want to hear God and I want to do what his will is. So when praying for me, I may change or you may change. But just pray. Okay, it's really important. It's really important because I, I don't really want to see pastors leaving because they can't handle their, their church. I don't want to see that, you know, and, but, but we're seeing some of that. So anyway, just pray for the pastors. Pray for me. Pray for what God wants to do in this church, in this city, and in this nation. I think we have this church has a bigger call than just right here in Marshalltown. I think this church is going to have people that will be sent out. Some of them will be starting their own churches. Some of them will be missionaries. Some of them will be doing um, all kinds of things. So I, I, I think we have a, a, a bigger call, amen, than just coming here on Sunday morning and worshiping and having the word and then going on about our business through the week. We need to carry the word that we get on Sunday morning and be a doer of it through the week. A doer of it. A doer of it. And, and the minute you hear something you know you're not doing that the Word says, get busy and put it to work in your life. Amen? Put it to work in your life because it's really important that you do that. The minute you start obeying what God... See, God's probably been trying to tell you about it already anyway. The minute you start obeying God, things will start changing. Amen? No kidding. It, it will because He wants to bless. Okay, so... I'm going to try and um, keep this a little more, a little shorter than usual because of the no bathroom situation. And I apologized if that message wasn't real clear, but at the time we weren't sure. We really, really thought the bathrooms were going to start working. And so it was our heart for them to do that. I came over here early, about 8 o'clock, and started running hot water and plunging, running hot water and plunging, and and, um, we could not... I thought for a minute it was going to go because things started going down, but then the drains started coming up. So um, anyway, we'll we'll be getting that looked at and taken care of. And um, so God's good. Amen. 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 Um, I'm I'm going to talk a little bit more about what the Lord has just been talking to me about this week. And the the thing that I kept hearing earthquakes, kept hearing earthquakes, 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 and and so I. I, I want to just read you a little bit about earthquakes, if you don't mind, and explain a little bit 
And I didn't know this much about earthquakes until I read up on it because I was hearing the word earthquakes. And the earthquake has got to do with us spiritually. And, and I'll show you why, because this is what I have been picking up um, in the spirit realm just to, because I've been experiencing it as well. So we'll get there in just a minute. So remember I said there was a shift coming way back, a shift, long time. Oh, yes. Kids go quietly. Sit bigger so I can see you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I, I, when I hear something like that, I try to look at the whole picture. And, of course, I've tried to explain to you the things that I've seen as I've gone along in the weeks past, you know, from... Um, different things that happen with our, our nation as well as uh, spiritually what's going on with the church. So the last thing that I had seen, and I think I shared that last week, was the new day rising. There is a new day coming for the church, and we're right, we're in a place where it's rubbing. Does that make sense to you? It's rubbing. We're trying to get the, we're trying to get the new thing to manifest, and the old thing is, is, is at odds. And when I say old thing, I think that's the demonic influences that have been at odds with the church all this time. And so when you, when, um, well, just let me explain a little bit here about earthquakes. Um, earthquakes are usually um, underground. There's a rock underground. Let me see if I put this back. I just broke this a little bit ago. So there's a fault line. Suddenly it breaks along the fault line. That down, uh, down below, it breaks on the fault line. And then um, energies released cause the seismic waves that make the ground shake. Okay, so if you take two blocks of rock or two plate, plates are rubbing against each other and they stick a little bit. Now, see, this is stick. And you try to, see, so you try to rub them against each other and they don't. And then eventually, they, they, a piece breaks off. And that's what causes the earthquake to happen. Breaks off. Amen? Okay, so you, so it just said to break a foam rubber in half. Put the pieces on a smooth table. So it's trying to, it's trying to do that. I'm making a mess. But anyway, you go like this. You're pushing. It's like this. And then it's going like this. And it's going like this. So what the body of Christ is experiencing right now is that pressure. That pressure that's going on. The pressure. All kinds of pressure. Whether it's financial Whatever it is, whether it's family pressure, whatever it is, we're experiencing that pressure. Dennis, you probably could explain this better than me, right? Okay, I'm doing okay. All right. Anyway, so so it, it keeps pushing and pulling until finally a chunk breaks off and that causes the earthquake then. So I I believe where we are is this pushing and pulling is going on. Anyway. Pushing, I'm going to clean it up, I will. Pushing and pulling is going on. That's what's going on. You, see, you understand that? And so we are feeling that. If you're any kind of a, I mean, which we all are a spirit being, what we do is we, we sense what's going on in the spirit realm, you know, and, and um, if you're praying and seeking the Lord and you're being sensitive to what he's saying and what is going on, you experience that. Pushing and pulling going on in the spirit realm. How many of you experienced that? Not knowing what it was. The pushing and pulling. Mm -hmm. A number of you. The pushing and pulling that's going on. And so that's why 
That's why, um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about earthquakes, but that's why we've been learning how to stand, learning how to rest, and that's why we've been, last week we talked about hope. We need to maintain hope in the midst of all of this going on. So it's not always going to be like that. I think when that thing breaks, you know, like in the Bible it talks about the earthquakes, when that thing breaks, there's going to be a great revival happening. Great, great change coming. Amen? Great change coming. And so so it's worth it to feel a little graded. You know what? It's worth it to feel a little graded. You know why? Because it makes you grow. It makes you grow. I know for me, I said to, I said to somebody when I was praying with them, I said, I can definitely feel stretching going on. Stretching. Stretching. You know what I mean by stretching? That's where you don't know everything that the Word says. You don't know everything in the Word. And you maybe haven't, you've heard something, but you haven't applied it. So the Lord is stretching us to make us ready to be able to do what he's called us to do. Every one of us to do. Amen? So uh, let's, let's look at Matthew first. Matthew 27, 54. Matthew 27, 54, talks about, um, this is where Jesus was being, um, now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening became very frightened and said, truly this was the Son of God, an earthquake that happened during his crucifixion. And how many women were there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom was Mary Magdalene, along with Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of, of the sons of Zebedee. Okay, so so there's there right there was an earthquake that happened. The demonic forces were pushing against the godly things that needed to happen. Amen? There was pressure. There was pressure in that situation. There was pressure. Pressure happening, and then it caused the earthquake. Amen? Okay, so Matthew 28, um, no, 27, 54. Is that what I said first? 28 now, 2. It goes on, 28, 2. And so that one was during the crucifixion. Then there was another one, and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred when the stone was rolled away. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. Another earthquake happened at that point in time. Again, it was a it was an important event, a godly event that needed to take place, and the enemy was trying to stop it. So you have that friction, you have it rubbing against God's people, trying to get us discouraged, trying to get us hopeless, like we talked about last week, trying to get us to look at our circumstances instead of looking at the God who takes care of the circumstances, like Kim played in that song this morning. God, with all things, God, with all, God, with all things, all things are possible with God. There we go. All things are possible with God. Amen? So, so we need to focus on Him, like we've always talked, when we've talked about in standing firm and in, in resting. If, if we're gonna, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but in standing firm and resting and, and hope, all of it comes when we focus on Him instead of the circumstances we're in. So if you're focusing on Him, you're gonna hear from Him, 
and not be looking at the circumstances. You know, circumstances talk. Circumstances talk too. They talk really loud. They talk, and, and I mean, I can tell you how loud they talk. Circumstances talk loud. But what does God's word say? By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And you know what? My dwelling place is in the kingdom of light, not in darkness. And that's where my healing is. You know, healing is just a a facet of salvation. We need to know that. It's not, it's not just you get saved and now you got to get your healing. You already got your healing when you got saved. Isn't that important to know? It's important to know. We don't look at it as two different things. You get saved, you get healed, you get delivered, you get set free all at the same time. That's what salvation is. You get blessings, you get finances. All of that is at the same time. That's what salvation encompasses. But so much of the time, and I know from hearing teachers, we grow up hearing we have to get our healing now. We have to believe God for finances. We have to do this and we have to do that when it's already been given to us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to us in the promises that God's given us. So we either believe it or we don't believe it. We either walk in it or we don't walk in it. So by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm, I'm dwelling in the kingdom of light. And I'm not going to step over here and claim I, I'm in the kingdom of darkness. I'm not going to do that. Because health and life and healing belong to me. Okay, let's look at Acts 16. Acts 16.26, please. Okay, this, we talked about this one just recently, but you know, this is so important because we're talking about earthquakes today. And, and again, you know, Paul and Silas were thrown in prison for what they had done and, and they were singing hymns and praise to God. Well, who was their focus on? Their focus was on God. Their focus wasn't on the fact that they were thrown in prison, not only prison, but the inner prison, and they were, they were chained up with the arms and the feet. They weren't looking at that. They weren't focused on that. They were focused on praising God and loving God and worshiping God and singing praise and talking to God about their situation and declaring their victory. I'm sure that's what they were doing was declaring their victory. Then, then what happened was, um, and then suddenly, I think the word suddenly is there. But verse 25, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly, suddenly, that word is unaware, or you don't expect it, it happens suddenly. Happens suddenly. And see, I believe that what we're, we're going to see is, with this earthquake thing, it's going to happen suddenly. And I think that's why the church has been, not the church, God has been preparing us to stand firm, to walk in a place of hope, to walk in a place of uh, knowledge of who we are in Christ, as as uh, Ozzy was teaching. And Ozzy's going to be doing more of that in Christ teaching, just so you know. He's going to be doing more of that. And so we need to know who we are in Christ. That way, we know we're dwelling in in the kingdom of light. That's where we dwell. We know that if we know who we are in Christ. Old things have passed away, new things have come. The new thing that came was Jesus paid the price for us to be healed. Spirit, soul, and body. 
Amen? So, so we walk in that. So suddenly, unexpectedly, I believe this is going to happen suddenly when it happens. I believe it. I mean, we're all being prepped for it, but uh, I, I think that um, God's going to just all of a sudden, boom, and there it is in your lap. And then you're going, what did I learn? What did I learn? What am I supposed to do? Okay, what do I say to that person? What do I do? What do I do? Well, that's why we're having these times where we can... Um, get that under our belt. Okay. I understand. Okay. So earthquake there, that means a tempest, a violent windy storm. And we experienced that, didn't we? A shaking, a commotion, a gale. And so that earthquake is encompasses all of that. So, so I believe that in this friction that's going on, this friction that's going on, you know, there's a scripture verse. I just thought that's in Proverbs. I believe iron, iron sharpens iron. Well, friction that's going on, we're getting sharp, aren't we, in the things of the Spirit. We're becoming more tuned to the things of the Spirit. And we're not going to dwell in the things of the flesh or in the things of the earth, but we're going to dwell in the kingdom of light, which is Him, focused on Him, walking in light, walking in power, walking in soundness of mind, and walking in love. Because there's going to be people that are going to come through that door you wouldn't even know they were still a person because of the way they look. Are we ready to minister to somebody like that? Are we ready to set them free? Hmm? Yeah, that's where we that's where we need to be. Amen. Okay. So Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas were praising and praying and singing praises to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so much that the foundations of the prison doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. That earthquake is gonna. Okay. Would you just say, Lord? <laughs> That earthquake is going to shake the foundations of religion. That's what we're after. It's going to shake the foundations of religion. A religion. So if you've got any religion, you need to get rid of it. Because that earthquake is going to shake the foundations of religion. And it's going to set the captives free. People that have been bound up in religion. Amen? Amen. And I think that will happen. that will happen first because... We're going to need to train the church so the train the church is able to help the people in the world. Okay, well, you can you can um, just sit on that if you want to. Whatever I said about earthquakes, and I'm just trying to explain to you what I've been sensing on the inside of me this last week, and especially what I've been dealing with. So, so, so I wrote a question to myself to say, why do you tell us this, Pastor? <laughs> Can I, okay, anyway. <laughs> so, so we know how to stand, so we know how to rest, so we know how to keep hope alive. That's what we need to know, okay? So we, we covered uh, standing really good, but let's go, let's look at it one more time. Ephesians 6, 11, please. Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, verse 13, therefore, take up the full armor of God. And, you know, we talked about this in depth. You don't just leave a piece lay on your bedroom floor and you put the rest on, you wear it all the time. You don't ever take your armor off. You wear it all the time. 
and make sure you got them all on. All you have to do, all you have to do is go through that list to make sure, is this on, is this on, is this on? Am I missing it here? Have I done something to throw that piece of armor off? That's all you need to do. In verse 13, therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, verse 14, you stand firm. Remember I told you about the, the armor and the, the feet that are shod with the gospel piece? The, the armor that the soldiers would wear, they have these great big long spikes out of the bottom of their sandals. On the, the great big long ones like that. So when it says stand firm, that's exactly what they did. They put those spikes, they dug them into the ground so they could not be moved by what the enemy was doing. They stood firm. Amen? Stood firm. So that's a, that's a, a mindset that we need to have. We need to have a mindset of standing firm. When you know that you know that you know God has told you something, you stand firm on it and you don't back up just because the enemy comes and tells you something else. Or, or your next door neighbor comes and tells you something else. Or, or um, whatever. Uh, your family member tells you something. If God has told you something that lines up with the word of God, you stand firm on it. You don't move. You don't move, right? You don't move? Okay, that's right. <laughs> anyway, we stand firm. So he said it. that was three times within a few scripture verses. This, the, and, and then also in 13, that maybe it says that King James, um, to resist, I believe is, uh, King James says withstand. Is that right? Withstand. Withstand. Yeah, okay, so withstand is in there besides. Now, my New American doesn't say that. It says to resist, but withstand. Again, you're standing against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. Amen? You withstand, you mean you resist, uh, to set oneself, that word withstand, to set oneself against the, the tactics and the schemes and the enemy. Amen? Set yourself against, okay? Okay, now let's move on and talk about rest. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. And this is not an in-depth um, talk about rest, but this is probably one of the best scripture verses along with Philippians um, 4. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my, my burden or my load is light. So we're, we're finding rest for our souls. Our spirit man should always, already be in a place of rest, but our soul is usually screaming and hollering and running all over the room, calling the next door neighbor, calling your friend to find out what you're supposed to do in this situation. Right? I know. I, I used to do that. Not so much anymore. I, I purpose to try to get in prayer as fast as I can. You know, purpose. It took me a while to learn that, though, because I would, I would walk around and wring my hands and call my friends and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And then finally I go, oh, I better pray about this. So I, st- I would pray about it. But I learned to do that quicker because my answer came from praying and yielding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, not from anybody around me. And even if the people around you give you the answer, do you have any faith in that? Do you have any faith in what they answer they give you? No, your faith comes from setting your hope on what, on what God has told you. Right? So you find out what God tells you and then you set your, 
you set your hope on that, and then faith goes after what you hope for. Okay? All right. So, 28, 29. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Same with Philippians 4, 6. Uh, well, 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests not be made known to God. And so you, you give him those requests. You cast the care on him. And you have to. If you do that, you're going to be at peace in your soul, which is what verse 7 says. You'll be at peace with it. Amen? So you have to cast the care. And then peace to me is like being at rest. I think it's the same synonymous. I mean, if I'm, if I'm not at rest about something, that means I'm not in a place of peace. And I've got an anxiety about it or i got to care about it. And I need to give it to the Lord. Amen? Okay, so um, um, then verse 7 talks about peace. Verse 8 then in Philippians 4, 8 talks about, and Paul knew that we couldn't get that the first time. He talks about setting your mind on things above, thinking on good things that are good report. It lists them all out there, what we're supposed to set our mind on. So you are in charge of your mind. Say, I am in charge of my mind. I choose whether I yield to life, whether I yield to life, whether I yield to life or death. We're probably going to talk about this more, but do you know the life of God is in you? Every time you speak, you can either speak life or you can speak death. <clears throat> the life of God is on the inside of us. And he wants that life flowing to other people. He wants that life demonstrated so that people can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? So everybody has that choice to make, whether they're going to yield to life or they're going to yield to death. Everybody has that choice. And eventually... You'll 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 come to a place of accountability. I'm talking basically to the young people, you know, and where you'll have to know yourself. You'll have to know the healing scriptures, and you'll have to be able to stand on healing. You'll have to be able to to know the power of God that's on the resident within you, and be able to yield to the power on on in you. Amen. You'll have to know those things. Okay. So, um, oh. Uh, Philippians 4.8, think on these things. Then Philippians 4.9 says, Philippians 4.9 says to practice. Paul's writing this and he says, practice these things you've seen and heard me do. So practice them. Practice them. Just because you take a piano lessons uh, doesn't mean you're going to be able to play something, a major sonnet or whatever you want to call that. You have to practice in order to get to a place where you're not focusing on the enemy. You're focusing on God and what God has done for you. Amen? Okay. Um, and that place of rest is where we need to abide, where we need to set our tent up, place our tent in that area, <laughs> and dwell. We dwell in a place of rest. Again, going back to the fact if you don't dwell in a place of rest, and you're dwelling in a place of anxiety, you're not going to hear from God. You're not going to hear from God. How many of you want to hear from God? 
How many of you want to know the direction in your life that God has for you? Okay. Acts 2.26, please. Oh, that was a fast 20 minutes. Am I talking fast? I am talking fast today. 2.26. Okay, so... Um, let's see. You better start with 25. And this is David saying... David was talking, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. And I think we used this last week in the area of, of hope. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Rest in hope. So our flesh can rest in hope if we know what the hope is. If we, have a, if we have a solid understanding of what we're hoping for. Amen? Having hope in, in hope, one who resists the adversary <clears throat> and holds the ground. Okay? And then um, I was going to share a little bit about this um, book that always ministered to me when I was, when I was believing God for my husband or for a husband, I should say. I was believing God for a husband. And that's a, a book that John Osteen wrote, not Joel, John. And I, I really liked reading what John, and I liked listening to him. He's a Baptist minister, but he put it really plain. Anyway, he wrote this book called Saturday's Coming. I don't know how many of you have read this book, but but in the, the thrust of it, it's a little mini book, the thrust of it was this, this little girl, Daddy had promised her a dress on Monday. And so he had promised her this brand new dress, a beautiful dress. And she would say, Daddy, when when is that dress coming? Oh, it's Saturday's coming. We're going to go get it Saturday. Saturday's coming. Her hope was in the fact that God, her, her dad or our dad had said when it was going to manifest or had said that it was coming. You're going to get that. So her hope was in that, in the fact that Daddy had promised Daddy had promised. You know, we have lots of promises, and they're always yes. Daddy had promised, we're going Saturday, buy you a new dress. So she would hope in that. You, you understand what I'm saying? Everybody got that? Yeah. How many times have you set a hope in your mind, and I'm going to go get it Saturday? And you kept getting more and more excited knowing that it was coming. More and more excited because it's going to happen. More and more excited because you know it's yours, and it's really special, and it's beautiful, and it's it's the right thing for you. Amen? Okay, so John 4. Let's go to John 4, 14. Okay, so I'm kind of jumping over here. Um, I'm trying to trying to get us done a relatively quick because of the bathroom situation. So um, we're going to go into this area a little bit, but we're going to focus on more about what the Holy Spirit has come to do. And you know there's almost in every chapter... Well, not almost. In every chapter in the book of Acts, you can see what the Holy Spirit is doing. And he, if he's done it in the book of Acts for them, he's going to do it for each of us as well. So we're going to be talking about each one of those things. But I want to introduce you a little bit to John 4, 14. that talks about, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Did I jump too soon? Oh, I mean Luke. I'm sorry. Well, that was good, though. <laughs> that was good. He was getting ready to tell you you're anointed. Anyway, that's not where we're going today. John 4. I'm sorry. John 4, 14. Is that what I told you? Okay. 
Okay, well, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to go there next week. Okay, 414. Um, this has got to do with the woman at the well. And um, um, I'm not going to read all the preface to it. You can do that. Um, but let's start with 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Living water? Do you know the living water is in each of us? Okay. okay. Uh, verse 12. You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of the water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So out of your belly flows that river of living water. Let, let's look at that. Um, basically, um, if you want to look up the definition of living, you can, living water. It's bubbling up. It's gushing forth. Does that sound familiar to you, bubbling up and gushing forth? What is that? What is that? The Spirit, yeah. But you know when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, what bubbles up and gushes forth? Your prayer language or tongues, speaking in tongues, bubbles up and gushes forth. Amen? The Spirit. Dennis said the Spirit, and that's right too. Living water bubbling up, gushing forth, flowing with suggested idea of refreshment. When you pray in your prayer language, how many of you have experienced that being refreshed? You know, I've come on Wednesday nights and I just want to sit down and go to sleep. But after I get done praying in the Spirit, I'm built up, I'm refreshed, I can go home and do another day's work because I'm refreshed. So that praying in your prayer language will, will cause you to be refreshed. It causes the life of God to come up and to fill your being, the life of God. The life of God. Hope. Uh, the life of God, uh, as opposed to water in a cistern or a pool. Have you ever, have you ever, uh, been around, um, uh, what's the, oh, never mind that. Have you ever been around a cistern where everything's stagnant and it's just icky, icky smelling water even? Stagnant? That's what happens when the Christians don't pray in their prayer language. They become stagnant. They even stink. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> they've got they've got they've got bad things coming out of their mouth. Bad things. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's a spirit of it's the spirit of truth of God satisfying the needs and the desires of the soul. So so you're when you're praying in your prayer language and it's coming forth what it's doing it's bringing up garbage that's been there for a long time. Not out of your spirit, man, but it's revealing to you things that you need to deal with. So it's a spirit of life and a spirit of truth. And that truth is going to reveal to you the things that need to be dealt with in your life. I mean, that's what he says in Romans 8, correct? Romans 8. Um, while we're still in John, let's look at John 7, then we'll go over to Romans 8 real quick. John seven thirty eight. Jesus is talking here. <laughs> 
So he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water were coming forth. Amen? Belly flows, baptism of the Holy Spirit in your prayer language. That's what it's talking about. Rivers of living water coming forth. So as you're praying in your prayer language, those rivers of living water come forth. Amen? Okay, so let's look at Proverbs. And we'll probably go over these somewhat last week, uh, next week. But Proverbs 20, please. Proverbs 20. Remember the lady at the well said to Jesus, well, you don't have a bucket to pull that water up with. How are you going to get fresh water? <laughs> anyway, so Proverbs 25 says, The sluggard does not plow after the autumn, <laughs> so he begs during the harvest and has nothing. Verse 5, A plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. And you, when I read that, I think about, you know, when I was on the farm and we had the old, the wells, and to get the water for the, for feeding the chickens or watering plants or whatever we did, we had that pump. We had the pump and you had to pump the water and you pumped the water and you pumped and then finally the water would show up. That, that life would show, the water would show up. So, so here, here we go and we're talking here in, um, Oh, let's see, verse five, a plan in the heart of man is like deep water. So God has given you a plan for your life. Every one of us has a plan. Every one of us has a plan that God's, see, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Your steps are ordered. The way you can get your step, get yourself on your steps is by praying in the prayer language, praying and bringing that up out of that deep well of understanding, okay? A plan in the heart of a man is like deep water. So God has a plan. But a man of understanding draws it out. You draw it out by priming the pump, by praying in your prayer language. Priming the pump, priming the pump, and it pulls out the understanding God has for you out of your inner man. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Romans 5, or Romans 8. Um, Yes, Romans 8. Romans 8. I can't express enough, and you hear me talk about this all the time, I can't express enough how much the Holy Spirit has come to help us. To help us. Help us. I mean, we have, we have to know that or we're not ever going to pray in tongues. When, when the situations get tough, we have to know that. We have to know. We have to know that when we start praying in tongues, there's a place where we edify ourselves. We edify ourselves by praying in tongues. And see, when I'm doing it, I am talking to God, my Father. I'm not just... I am talking to God, my Father. And you know, it's like I said, I'm talking to him, he's talking to me, and up out of my innermost being comes the plan he has for me. We're praying out the mysteries that God has for us. Praying out mysteries. You don't know what you're saying, but you know, God is going to get it across to you. Sometimes it'll come right away. Sometimes, sometimes you can just be walking down the street or in the grocery store and Oh, I know what that scripture verse means. God, God wants to give you the understanding on every area of your life on the scripture verses. That's why the Holy Spirit has come to help us. 
Amen? So so just think of it as a bucket. And you're praying in your prayer language and you're drawing up bucketfuls of bucketfuls. Buckets full. <laughs> bucketfuls of life. You're you're drawing up bucketfuls of life. And you're drawing up buckets of understanding, buckets of wisdom, bucket buckets of instruction, buckets of peace. Didn't it talk about rivers? Rivers of living water? Do you know you have a river that's just love? You have a river that's just peace. You have a river that's just joy. And so maybe the Holy Spirit knows you need joy when you start praying in tongues. You may not know it, but he may know it. And you pray in tongues and you pray in tongues and all of a sudden that joy starts bubbling up and everything is okay. You just know everything is okay. Amen? Okay, so... um, so let's just, um, you know, I told you that every chapter talks about, let's look at, just a, as an example, oh, Romans 8, I'm sorry, I never did go there. Okay, in verse 26, and in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to praise we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for who? Us, with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches the hearts, whose hearts? Ours knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to what? The will of God. He intercedes according to the will of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit in you is interceding according to the will of God. So, and, you know, it's God's job. He'll get across to you the will, his will for you, as long as you spend time with him. And it doesn't make any difference. If you don't understand what you're praying in a half hour's time, don't let the devil tell you, you, well, you didn't get anything. Don't believe that for a minute because you did get something. You just maybe don't know it yet. Okay? Okay. And let's now let's look at Acts 4.13, and this will be the last scripture verse. 4.13. 4.13. This is, um, um, I'm going to start in the middle, and we'll cover more of it next week. Um. Basically, um, now they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, untrained men. Yet they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. See, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to school for any training. I didn't go to school for any training and um, or education to stand here and be a pastor. And I I know that I know that I am called to be a pastor. But I had spent time with Jesus. So the words out of my mouth, people will recognize that I have been with Jesus because of what I say and how I act and who I have become. Okay? So we we, uh, spend time praying in the Spirit and this is one of the things that um, the Holy Spirit will help you become. Like and like at what it what's it say there in the very end? Um, they they were they marvels and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. They recognized that. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. So I want to be more like that. I, I haven't arrived. I'm not where I I really should be yet. Or where I want to be. <laughs> because, you know, you, you can tell. You can tell where you need to grow. 
you can tell when you're being graded by something you don't know. You, you know what I mean by that? A scripture verse that maybe, um, maybe you know, I told you a while back, the more I study the word, the more I realize I don't know. And that for me is a, is a quest. I need to know more about the word. I need to walk more like him. I need to be uh, walking in more peace, more love, more joy, all the fruit of the spirit. But I, I just wanted to share with you the way you can get that where that place, get to that place. Amen. By praying in your prayer language, building yourself up, yielding to the life of God that's on the inside of you. That's inside of you. Now the things of the world want to push this down. The things of the world want to oppress your spirit man. The cares and the anxieties, it wants to grow up all these weeds so that you can't... Where's my spirit man at? What's she talking about praying in tongues? Hmm, I don't I haven't done that for a while. Well, that's something we should... And you can start doing it anytime you want to. Amen? Anytime. So focus, focus more on praying in, in your prayer language. Praying for your pastor. <laughs> praying for praying in your prayer language, building yourself up so that you're ready for the earthquake that's coming. Amen? Ready for that explosion. Father, we just want to thank you that we just thank you, Father, that you are bringing a new day to each one of us and a new nation to this country. We thank you, Father, that we do hear your voice and the voice of a stranger we don't follow. We thank you, Father, for greater is he that's in us and he that's in this world. We thank you so much, Father, for the help of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit to walk with us as we walk out your will and your plan and purpose. And we want to give you all the praise and glory for you are so good to have sent Jesus, so good than to have sent the Holy Spirit because you don't want anybody to perish. You want everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's being saved every moment of every day, walking out our salvation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Amen.